Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching a special message, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Let me tell you something. There's a lot of things in the Bible we don't know. And the Bible tells us, as a matter of fact, Pastor, the secret things belong to the Lord. Deuteronomy 29, 29. So the very fact that many things in the Bible we do not know is the very reason why we worship God. Because God is above us. He is not like you. And you cannot know everything about such an infinite. I'm going to wait while you clap your hands there. I'm going to wait. You can't know everything about such a great, awesome God. And if you knew everything, then you should be God. Y'all say amen, but you're not. So there's many things we don't know. And this, my peoples, is another thing that we don't know. Exactly why. What we do then is we conclude or we reduce down to or we take the whole of the scriptures and put it together and come up with what we believe God might be saying. Everyone has their position, their opinions. I have mine. And here is why I believe that God received Abel's offering and not Cain's. Because throughout the Bible, saints, listen, all the way through the, through the Bible, the acceptable sacrifice was always blood. Stay with me. The acceptable sacrifice was always blood. From Genesis through Revelation, God's method for cleansing sin has always been the same. The blood of the innocent for the guilty. Write that down. The blood of the innocent for the guilty. The blood of the innocent sacrifice to cleanse the sinner. Okay, here you go. Genesis 3.21. God made cloth of animal skins, remember, for their covering. To cover their nakedness. Just the previous chapter. Exodus chapter 12, we know that during the Passover that God told the people to take the blood of the lamb, are you listening to me, and put it on the doorpost, look at me, and put it on the doorpost and on the lintel, which is the form of a cross. And when the angel of death passes by that house and he sees the blood, he sees the cross, he will pass over, thus we have Passover, blood. Leviticus 16. On the day of atonement, the high priest went into the Holy of Holies with the blood of the lamb to atone for the sins of the people. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 22. And according to the law, almost all things are purified with blood and without the shedding of blood. Anybody know? There is no remission of sins. You know that. Revelation, that last great book of the Bible, Revelation 1, 5. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead and the ruler over the kings of the earth to him who loved us 
and washed us from our sins in his blood. The blood of the innocent for the guilty is necessary for forgiveness and worship and deliverance and freedom. And I'm confident that Adam told them about the atonement. I'm confident that Adam told them about forgiveness and about righteousness. But even here it is, saints, even in the face of being taught and trained how to approach God, Abel listened and carefully selected the best animal he had. And he took time to prepare that sacrifice. And he came with the blood of a lamb. Cain didn't listen. He came with his own righteousness. Cain would say, God, look what I've done. God, I planted, I watered. He had eye disease. I planted, I watered. You'll get that on the way home. I tilled. Cain would say, I know what you said. I know what my mom and my dad said, but here's what I want to give. Take it or leave it. Cain tried to establish simple, his own sacrificial system. And saints, let me tell you, I think you already know this, that God will never accept your own religion. God will never accept your works. God will never accept your own sacrificial system. If you come to God, you have to come to God the way that God has prescribed. You cannot come to God the way that you want. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to God except by me. I am the door. I am the resurrection of life. I am the good shepherd. You come to God the way God tells you to come to him. You cannot establish your own works and which is what folk do. Has anybody followed me this morning? How you want to get to God. So you establish your own sacrificial system. You want to be blessed by God, you got to do stuff God's way. You know, some folk want to be blessed by God and do things their way. I think my mama told me years ago, she said, God don't bless mess. All right. Don't get stuck on the proper English. Get the, get the message. Huh? God don't bless mess. Some folk want God to bless mess. You doing stuff the way you want to do. It. And you say, God, now come on and bless this. God don't work that way. You want to be blessed by God? You got to do stuff God's way. Put that Bible down. Clap your hands for Jesus right there. Will you do it? Am I right about it? Am I right about it? You got to do things God's way. Well, then listen, I got to move on. Listen, Jesus, listen, Bible students, you remember? Jesus died on the cross. Watch this, watch this. Jesus died on the cross. The Bible teaches us when Jesus died on the cross, the veil of the temple was torn from top to bottom. You remember last week we talked about the temple and we talked about the holy place and beyond the holy place is the most holy place and what separates the holy place from the most holy place is a veil this veil is 18 inches thick it's beautiful it's purple with um, uh, gold angel threaded real gold thread angel images on it it was beautiful And beyond that veil in the most holy place was the visible presence of God or the Shekinah glory of God or the glory cloud. 
So when Jesus died on the cross, the Bible says that that veil that is 18 inches thick tore from top to bottom. Why not bottom to top? Because, look, it's easy to tear something. Take a piece of fabric, you tear it, you can rip it like that, and it tears from bottom to top. But this veil, this fabric, tore from top to bottom. What's that say? It says that God is reaching down to man. Because to tear it from bottom up means man in his own sacrificial system, his own works is trying to reach God with his own effort. But being torn from top to bottom says God is now opening a way for all men to come into the presence of God. Like the high priest. Okay, I'll wait. I'll wait. To like the high priest who would go in once a year on the day of Yom Kippur, the day of atonement, he would go in and he would take the blood of a lamb and offer it upon the mercy seat. One time a year when the veil was torn, Jesus died on the cross. That veil said all access. That veil said Everybody can come. And then Hebrews told us, let us boldly come to the throne of grace that we might receive grace and mercy and help in a time of need. So now we don't have to wait. Now we can come into the presence of God. No more sacrifices. No more religious rituals. No more blood of the lamb year after year. If you believe in Jesus, you can come anytime. Now watch this. So the veil tears From top to bottom. And history tells us, Josephus, by the way, tells us, Josephus was not a Christian. And Josephus tells us that when the veil of the temple was torn, some guys went back into the temple area and tried to sew the veil back up. And isn't that just like some people? Isn't it? Watch this. God tears down that which is keeping you from him and man, Christian folk, religious, I ain't talking about nobody here. I'm just talking. Okay. Religious folk want to sew up the veil. They want to get out their needle and their thread and their thimble. I like that word thimble. And they want to go sew up the veil and make it difficult for people to come to Jesus how do they do that? By how do you, how do how folks sewing up the veil, Pastor? How are they doing it? By putting religious trips on people. By, by, by telling people that you, you got to do this in order to come to God. You got to do this and you got to do that. You got to wear this. I remember when we first started going, sweetie, when we started going to church. When I started going to church, you were already going to church. You were already a Christian. She's so lovely. So godly. But we start going to church, and you, I remember you had to wear a suit every single Sunday. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You, and let me tell you something. Come to church with some jeans on and see what happened. Come to church with some jeans on and see what happened. Come to church, ladies, y'all know this, wearing the wrong thing. See what happened. I remember one time, I love to tell this story. This one time, me and Miss Alvira, we get to church. I told y'all before, Calvary, bear with me. Me and Miss Alvira get to church. Miss if I had a black suit on, I think I bought that black, black suit or something. I don't know. We bought it. Whatever. It was a nice suit. Okay. And the suit had like a, a, a tasteful split, you know, like a skirt, lady skirt with a split. It was the pastor's wife. She came up to Elvira. She said, Sister Finch, she was religious folk, y'all, religious. We were talking about Kojic back in them days. Okay, that's when you were religious people. She said, she like she'd been baptized in lemon juice. <laughs> she said, Sister Finch, 
I just want you to know that split ain't saved. She said the split ain't saved. And I said, you know, you know, sister, sister, I ain't gonna tell your name out of, out of respect. And, and she said, sister said her sister told me, Roddy, her sister told me my split ain't saved. I said, what she mean the split ain't saved? And I'm a new Christian. I'm like, can splits be saved? I'm a new Christian. What do I know? I don't know the difference between an epistle and an apostle. I don't know anything. I'm like, can splits be saved? Split ain't saved. Religion. You got to wear a suit all the time. Every time you, religion, you better come in the house. You better give something to God. You better bring that money. We got five offerings and we're going to take them all up. And we're going to go in the back and count it and come out and tell you to despicable. We need more money. It's despicable. I've seen it all. That's sewing up the veil. That is making it difficult for people to come to Jesus. It's Jesus plus nothing equals salvation. Here's your mathematic equation. I'm going to wait while everybody claps your hand there. It's Jesus plus nothing equals salvation. Don't add anything to it and don't take anything away from it. It's not Jesus plus tithing. Don't get me wrong. Go ahead and tithe. Praise the Lord by all means. Let the Lord use you. <laughs> but it's not, that's not a work of righteousness on your part. It's Jesus plus nothing. Sola gratia. Latin, grace only. Sola fide. Faith only. And sola scriptura. Latin for scripture only. It's all God. Don't add anything to it. Don't take away from it. And think about this. When you came to Christ, you were broke down, messed up sinner. So y'all say amen. Smoker, drinker, drug addict, prostitute, dancer. We ain't talking about with the stars either. Am I right about it? Liars, fornicators, thieves and robbers. You came to him as murderers. And yet God forgave you, didn't he? And he washed you, somebody say amen. And he showed you grace, somebody say amen. You came through the veil by grace. And now you have the nerve to sew it up and add to what God has already done. Don't do that. Don't try to invent your own system to God. Cain had an unbelieving heart. Point number two, Cain is characterized by an unrepentant heart in verse five through seven. So as soon as Cain realized his offering was rejected by God, the Bible says his countenance fell. He couldn't understand why God would accept Abel's offering and reject his. Notice the Bible doesn't say that Cain told anybody how he felt. God then said, why are you so angry? Why has your countenance fall? What does that tell us? That tells us that God knows the heart. You don't have to tell anybody anything. You know, we think we're hiding from God because we don't say it with our mouth. God knows the heart. God said to Cain, why are you so angry? Why are you so angry? Why is your countenance fallen in verse 6? God said, Cain, if you did what was right, you'd be accepted. I don't think God's telling Cain to go get the right kind of sacrifice. I think the Lord is calling him to change his heart and repent toward God. You don't hear that word repent in the church anymore, do you? You don't hear that word very much. It's not like a dirty little word. Repent. You think of repent, you think of the guy on the street with the placard, you know, on the front and back, and he's walking around, repent, you sinners, you're all going to hell. People, you don't hear the word repent anymore. The word repent, what does it mean, pastor? 
Man, you guys are taught so well in this church. It means a 180, not a 360. Because if you do a 360, you'll turn right back to the way you were. That was profound. It means do a 180. It means turn around, change your mind, change your heart, change your lifestyle, go the other way. People don't want to repent. They want to rationalize nowadays, don't they? Well, Christians aren't perfect, just forgiven. That's an excuse. Well, I'm not as bad as I used to be. I heard somebody say that. Well, God's doing the work on me. I'm just a, he working on a building. He's just working on a building. I ain't bad as I used to be in comparison to what? Uh, you used to be a murderer and now you're just a lying thief? Oh, well, I guess you're right then. My bad. People, y'all need to open your ears. People are crazy. People say some crazy things. The Bible doesn't say rationalize. The Bible says repent. John's message was repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus' message was repent. Unless you repent, you'll all likewise perish. Peter preached repent and let every one of you be baptized. Paul preached repentance that all men everywhere should repent. Repentance has always been the message of God and always will be. God wanted Cain to repent of his attitude toward God and to walk with God in faith and humility and submission like his brother Abel. And God said, verse 7, sin lies at your door and its desire is for you. God says sin is like a wild beast ready to pounce outside the door. The beast is waiting to pounce on Cain and devour him. And if Cain would come to God God's way, He can have power over that beast. And if he doesn't repent and honor God, sin will control him. It makes me think of real quick Samson. You know, Samson, a.k.a. muscle man, a.k.a. ladies man. You know, Samson was a he man with a she weakness. Delilah. Y'all remember Delilah. Delilah. This is great. Judges, you ought to read it. Delilah, she entices him to find out how to conquer him. And she asked him, she said, Sammy, where, Sammy, where do you get your strength? And then she says, so I can hurt you? Fellas, if a woman says to you, where can I, you, where do you get your strength so I can hurt you by a clue? Run, Forrest, run. She's telling him, and he's stupid enough. Say amen. amen. Well, he told her, if you weave seven locks of my hair in a loom, then I'll be weak. And she takes a rope, and she ties his hand, and she ties his hair to a loom. And then Delilah yells out, the Philistines are upon us. And Samson wakes up, and he just walks off with the loom tied to it. I need a DVD. Walks off with the loom tied to his hair later while Samson was sleeping. While you were sleeping, Delilah cuts his hair. For Samson, watch this, saints, getting a haircut is gone too far. It's a bridge too far. Samson was a Nazarite. And part of the vow of a Nazarite was he was not to cut his hair. And the Philistines captured Samson, deported him to Gaza in shackles. 
Saints' disobedience to God has repercussions for you, for me, for Samson. Can I give you these quickly? Repercussions for Samson, deportation, incarceration, mutilation, and humiliation. Deportation, incarceration, mutilation, humiliation, deportation. They took him to Gaza. Incarceration, they bound him with bronze shekels. Mutilation, they gouged out his eyes. Humiliation, they set him to grinding. Grinding was a job for animals. So sin will bind you, sin will blind you, and sin will grind you. We learned that from Samson. Sin is always crouching. And that's why you got to guard your heart. Say amen. amen. Proverbs 4, 27, 23 through 27, pardon me. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. And put away from you a deceitful mouth and perverse lips far from you. And let your eyes look straight ahead and your eyelids look right before you. Ponder the path of your feet. That means watch where you're going. Watch who you're hanging around with. Watch what you're doing with your life and with your investments and with your time and with your talents. Ponder the path. That's a good verse. Ponder your path. And let all your ways be established. Don't turn to the right or to the left. Remove your foot from evil. Write this down. Psalm 141.3. Set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth. Keep the doors of my lips. I love that. And how many of you know you can always find the grace of God in the Bible? Samson's hair began to grow back and his heart began to go back to the Lord. God warned Cain. Sin is like a wild beast crouching at your door. And if he doesn't change and repent and honor God's, God's way, then sin will control him. Cain's life, number one, is characterized by an unbelieving heart. Number two, Cain's life is characterized by an unrepentant heart. And then finally, in our outline, Cain's life is characterized by an ungodly heart. You know, I always tell you, I tell you often, that the heart of the matter, anybody know, is the... The heart of the matter is the matter of the heart. Jeremiah chapter 17 in verse 9. Can y'all read it with me? The heart is deceitful. Oh, I need everybody to read it with me. Come on. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Desperately wicked means the heart is incurable. Hmm? The heart is past remedy. The heart is terminal. The heart is deceitful like nothing else because it can deceive like nothing else. The heart is deceitful like nothing else because it can deceive like nothing else. Don't we hear people talk about follow your heart? People go, oh, well, what about this pastor? What about that friend? This, that, whatever, whatever. Well, just follow your heart. Can I tell you something? That's a stupid idea. Can somebody say amen? amen? Don't follow your heart. Because the Bible says, people say the heart is good. The Bible says the heart is bad. People say, follow your heart. God says, don't follow your heart. Why? Because your heart is deceitful. Following your heart is a recipe for disaster. And there needs to be a whole lot less following the heart and a whole lot more following the Lord. Can two saints say amen there? Uh, Wait while you clap your hands. Come on. Come on. The condition of the heart determines the course of life. The best, the beast of sin pounced on Cain 
devoured his heart, devoured his conscience, devoured his love for his family. And while Cain in verse eight and his brother were in the field talking, Cain murdered his brother. We're not told how. This is the first time anyone has seen anybody else die. Talk about first. Now, why did Cain kill Abel? Why did Cain kill Abel? You know what I think? I think Cain killed Abel because he was jealous. I think jealousy. Abel had something Cain did not have. Abel had a faith and a relationship with God that Cain did not have. And oftentimes, saints, when the world sees that you have a relationship with God, they might mock you. But many times they're jealous because they don't have it. So they might mock you. I told you when I was in the military, people used to mock me all the time. And I didn't care because I come from Philadelphia. I've been mocked all my life. All right. People are like, oh, you bullying me with your words. We don't know nothing about that. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccary.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.